Hey, good afternoon, everyone. This is Coach Goins. I'm your host of Basketball is More Than a Game. I tell you what, this past weekend's games were just absolutely fantastic. The NCAA 2017 Men's Division One Tournament is exactly what I'm talking about. If your bracket is still intact, hats off to you. If your bracket's in shambles, I can understand. Grab your Band-Aid. Get ready for the Sweet 16 because it's happening Thursday and Friday. And, of course, the Elite Eight uh, will be set in place. So it is absolutely a great time of year as we look forward to all the teams as you know, you, you look at your calendar and know there's going to be 68 teams playing games, uh, the amount of games that are played, just the way the NCAA organizes everything and gets ready to rock and roll. So, again, we just certainly hope you've enjoyed the tournament thus far and just appreciate everybody that is, is involved. The teams that continue to move on, the teams that lose, uh, as we all know, you got to win to keep moving and you got to lose and, and just get ready for uh, for next year. But for the teams that lose, you know, they're able to, to step back and take a look and realize that, number one, uh, I'm, I might be a player away. Number two, uh, what caused us to lose? And number three, maybe this just uh, wasn't our time. But bottom line, you know, we just greatly appreciate the efforts and the enthusiasm that all players put on the floor uh, no matter how big the university is or how prestigious or whether it's a 16 seed, just a great opportunity. Uh, dreams are made, uh, friends are made for a lifetime and things that be able to cherish uh, for time to come. So that's why we always say basketball, it's more than a game. It teaches you life lessons on the court, off the court. It helps you with relationships. It helps you being uh, who you are. It makes it, you know, it's a game, you know, and that, that's one thing I always try to tell uh, my players is when you look at bottom line, it is a game. Now, what can you learn from the game? What are your takeaways? Because everything that we do, you know, you're doing it for a reason, but more on the back end, why are you doing it? Why are you investing in time, uh, talent, uh, and also the time and talent of your coaches? If you're not willing to give a hundred percent, why play the game? You know, there's a lot of opportunities and there's a lot of other things that can happen in your life that you can do besides doing what? Playing the game of basketball. So, again, it is more than just a game. But let's just take a look at a couple of games uh, from this past weekend and just let's just talk about those. Just great, great game as it relates to the University of South Carolina uh, beating, knocking off the Duke Blue Devils. Again, I'm just personally interested in uh, the, the Duke Blue Devils and, of course, uh, the, the fans that know that, uh, again, I'm not a huge, huge uh, Duke supporter, but I am uh, a Duke fan just by uh, family members being involved uh, with that program and support them wholeheartedly and, and always want them to do well. Uh, but when you look at that game, a, a team that came out and shot 72% in the second half, it was the tale of uh, two cities, uh, if I could quote that uh, from my old uh, high school English teacher coach Tom Dorman. Uh, it was the worst of times. It was it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. You know, and I actually I fell asleep because you know, I told my wife I say, hey, we're up by seven. I'm gonna go ahead and bag it. Then I woke up with about two minutes to go, and we were down. I think it was by nine. You know, so it, it took me a while to wind down. But looking at the game and, and understanding of what um, the breakdown was, I'm sure they'll be back in the laboratory. You know, very very quickly, uh, getting that worked out and getting everything back in line and ready to roll next year. So hats off to the, the Blue Devils, their fans, their coaches, and, and the time and, and effort that they put in. But hats off again to South Carolina. Uh, what a great, great uh, team. What a great, great uh, way to play 
at a very high level. Now, North Carolina uh, dodged a bullet. A couple calls down the stretch could have went either way. Uh, but as my coach used to say years ago, you got to have a little luck uh, in that process. And yes, they did. They did have a little bit of luck. And so the uh, Tar Heels roll on. Uh, no thanks to uh, Roy Williams. And the reason why I say that, it just boils down to coaching philosophy. So you Carolina fans just allowed me to get on my bandwagon. Uh, and as one of my friends posted not long ago, uh, Roy holds on to those timeouts like it's the last five dollars that he has in his pocket. Uh, coach, you can't take it with you. I understand that whole philosophy of, oh, we're just going to play through this. But, you know, sometimes you got to you got to get the deer in the headlights uh, look out of those guys eyes. You can't wait until uh, you're only up two points to call a timeout. But. Again, that's just philosophy, and, and we're, we're not here to throw anybody under the bus. Just uh, my two cents worth, and we'll just leave it uh, leave it at that. So today, I really want to focus in on uh, behind the scenes of basketball and what uh, goes in into that, the preparation that goes into that, and a lot of times people don't understand uh, what that looks like. But when you take a look at basketball, realize that you know one thing about it is there's more than just the ball bouncing on the gym floor. You know, you look at the preparation from your coaches, you know, sitting down, coming up with a game plan. You know, that one thing we do in our league, uh, our sports rec league, we provide our coaches uh, with the, what we call a practice plan. It is so vital that, you know, coaches take a few minutes out of their day and, and come down with a practice plan because I often say as I work uh, kids out and, and, and train coaches, you know, the number one thing that you don't want to do is chase rabbits when you get to practice. Uh, that is so easily done just because why? You know, you get there and all of a sudden, you know, you don't have this player, you don't have that player, and you got to modify. I understand that, but what I mean is when you come to practice and don't have anything in your hand, you just want to jump out and say, okay, you know, let, let's, let's do this. Whether it's an hour, whether it's an hour and a half, whether it's two hours, you have to realize that today's kid, how do you keep the uh, today's player engaged at a high level so you have short bursts so you break your you you break your stations down maybe into six minutes seven minutes um i just call them almost like a podcast so in that you'll be able to to circulate around or we used to call them county at the county fair so you'll be able to go this station we're going to do shooting for six minutes after six minutes we're going to go do rebounding for five minutes from five minutes we're going to go shoot free throws uh, for four minutes. How many free throws can you make in a four-minute time period? Then we may run a couple laps, and after a couple laps, you come back and jump rope. After you jump rope, you're going to go through ball handling drill. And after ball handling drill, you're going to break back out, and then you're going to work on uh, your shot, you know, just breaking your shot all the way down. Is it Does it feel good? Does it look good? Uh, and those are the things that you diagnose and be able to say, how do I get better? Then you work on the individual skill set, and that means if you're a guard, what are, what are the – uh, issues that you're having of, of handling the ball is it depressed that you can't break post player uh, as you know I'm, I'm very partial of coaching the bigs so what i'm going to work on the post players is number one uh what is your go-to move and from your go-to move you need to have three more out of that move so if you come down on the block and you post up on the right side there's nothing wrong with posting up on the right side but what you want to be able to do is turn around and say from that right side block I'm going to challenge the player to come up with three different moves out of that block. So in the first time down the floor, you will, maybe you want to go to your money move. Then the second down the, flo down the floor, you want to go to your uh, second option. And then the third time, you want to go to the third option. So in that, every time what you, uh, what you want to focus in on is three moves, uh, how to play a player. Because number one, 
you have uh, your back, you have your left side and your right side. So therefore, you have to come up with plays to say, if the defender's guarding me straight behind me, this is what I'm going to do. If the defender's playing me to the left side, this is what I'm going to do. And if the defender's playing me from the right side, this is what I'm going to do. So this is how I come up with the three options of your go-to move in each time, or excuse me, each area of the floor. So if you go from the right block to the left block, that's six. If you go to the right elbow, that's nine. If you go to the other, if you go to the other elbow, now you're twelve. So that's twelve moves uh, in four positions on the court. So you had three, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So just basic math, and that will show you that in order to be uh, the score or being able to give you options. Uh, and that is what I always tell people. Same thing on a perimeter player. If you come down there, if you're a right side guy and you come down the right side, and you want to get behind the three point line, you need to have three moves out of that position. So they kick it to the wing. You catch it on the wing, you square up, you look, if it's open, you pop it. If it's not, you either put it on the deck and go baseline or you put it on the deck and you come back in the middle. So that's three moves out of what? Out of that, because a guy can play you straight up, a person can play you to the left, a person can play you to the right. So, once again, I keep it simple. You just come up with the, the three moves out of that one position once you get it on the floor. Okay? So, with that, uh, let's move to the, ne the next focus point we want to look at is, you know, how does a player get ready and how does a player get prepared for for the game? You know, what time, what are, what are their routine? You know, school's out or... Uh, not yeah. Let's just let's just say school's out. So school is out. Uh, they get something to eat. They get back to the gym. Most of the time, they're gonna kind of hang out together, have a little bit of headphones on, uh, listen to some some tunes. Nothing wrong with any of that. But once they go in the locker room, what is that prep time? You know, how do they get into um, the game mode? Because what happens is, and what I've noticed is, you know, kids or excuse me, players uh, want to wait until the game starts in order to get in the game mode or they want to wait till uh two minutes to go or they want to wait till after the first quarter you know how do you prep how do you mentally get prepared in that so what my philosophy is it starts the moment you go in that locker room you know you go in the locker room it's serious all right you take you take your time you do your routine if you're a left sock right sock guy however you get dressed you get dressed then you get your then you get prepared even before you go out on the floor so then you take the floor and doing and doing warm-ups you need to break a sweat doing warm-ups. That means you need to go hard. You need to stay focused. You need to, you need to do the things that are going to allow you to be successful once the game starts. Don't wait until the end of the quarter to turn around and say, oh, when I have to play. That's, that's bad execution. That is not in the right thought process. You can only deal with what's in front of you. So if it's basketball and you're playing basketball, that's what's on your plate. Look at the food that's on your plate, deal with the food that's on your plate, and you work through and you eat the food that is on your plate. And that's just you know, a, just a hard line of, of how you turn around and you focus on what is in, in front of you. Now, we might have talked about this a little bit earlier, but we're going to recap this as well. If you are not a starter, which great, you're not a starter. The NBA has six-man awards, and I wish that was something that the college and high school uh, programs would, would adapt as well. But when you look at the, this role of a six man, it is a vital, vital piece to any 
program uh, that's going to make them successful. It's not about the starters. It's who comes in as the starters need to take a break because they cannot play the entire game. So when you look at that, how do you fix the dynamics of role players that come in for your starters? So, Coach, let's talk about your role in this. Or Do you want your six-man to be able to change the offense or, excuse me, change the defense of your opponent when they come in the game. So that's one thing that you have to take a look at. Number two, what is the role of the six-man when they come in the game? Is it to be able to wreak havoc? Are you bringing them in as a defensive stopper? Are you bringing them as in as instant offense? So that is all for the coach to understand. Now, where it comes to the player is you must find that dynamic, unique player that can accept the role of not being a starter, but understand they are the first player off the bench and and odds on they will probably play more minutes than some of your starters. Why? Just because the dynamics that they bring to the floor, because are they a defensive threat or can they score the ball? If they can score the ball in defensive threat, that is your six man. Have that conversation with each and every player that is on your team so that, number one, you keep the cohesiveness. Number two, they understand their role. I do not need the 12th guy on my team scoring 20 points. That is not going to happen in this day and time. It won't happen in another 10 years. Players have to understand we need players on the team to practice. It's just that simple. Some players are practice players. Some people are gamers. You have to know the difference as a coach. There's nothing wrong with that. That is why people are on teams. That's why it's called teams. There's no I in teams. Team got players that are on teams are important to help the starters prepare for games. So don't take that lightly. Don't take it to where, oh, I'm not playing in the game. You are you. It is your job to get that player ready when they face the opponent. If you've done your job, so you look at a lot of the universities, and they'll go out and they'll recruit all of these guys. Why do they want to recruit all these guys? Because, watch this, when Duke lines up and Duke practices, you're not going against the first five. Now, you may run the offensive sets or shell drill uh, with uh, against air with your uh, first squad, but when you play inter-squad scrimmaging, you break those players up and you put them on – uh, squads that number one they can be successful or both squads can be successful because you can't gain anything if you have your number one team all the way always on the floor practice against your non-starters that's just not a good look there's a time and a place for everything so again just a little you know, a little philosophy now a lot of times people say well i don't like the you know what what is a good uh, number to keep on the squad me personally I'm, I'm a 13 guy why is that because that's what my coach carried now and again it goes down to philosophy you more than likely you will follow what uh, you've taught of what you've learned in basketball. So I'm sure Roy Williams credits Dean Smith with a lot of stuff. He might have tweaked a little bit, but he is not going to go away from uh, that philosophy. So let's talk about this real quick. So when there is a, a staff change, most, most of the time is if there's a staff change, all the coaches on that staff go away. Why? Because they have and they've been under the tutelage of the head coach. So therefore, how they focus, how they see what they believe in stems a lot from exactly what they have worked on. You take a look at Duke University. Duke University squad or their assistant coaches are all former players uh, of Coach K. Nothing wrong with that. 
Um, but I always call it um, the Kool-Aid effect, meaning they understand the philosophy, they've lived the philosophy, they played, and now they're coming back and, and, and teaching that. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Now, if Coach K goes and they bring somebody else in that does not do exactly like what Coach K used to do, it is a very, it's very hard to switch that philosophy when, number one, you've believed in it, you've sweated it, and you've taught it. Uh, and so, therefore... When that coach makes or when that school makes a change uh, and that coaching staff goes away, they make a hard change, meaning uh, they clean, clean house. Uh, typically, you know, some schools may leave one coach just to be able to have a little continuity uh, between the new staff as well as um, the staff that's coming in. So uh, enough on that. But the most important thing, uh, again, the point of emphasis that I want to make in reference to basketball it's such a it's such a dynamic game it's such a integral part of people's lives and they don't realize when you ride through the neighborhood and you see goals up uh in different uh developments or you see kids playing at the park they're playing the game of basketball or they're shooting hoops is a lot of time uh they call it march madness and the way the people rally around and just have a great time but also what i learned about uh, the game uh, when you look at sports in general, you know, a lot of times you, you, you see, you know, problems that we face in the world today, but when you break sports down, uh, you don't see that, you know, people come together in all walks of life, uh, race, color, creed, nationality, uh, whatever their sexual orientation may be. And they lay that all on the line and they step across that line and they, and they become a unit. And that unit is, is after one thing and that's to win the ball game that they're facing. So that's, that's what is so critical. That is what's so dynamic about sports no other place gives you that without just you know having a whole bunch of lip talk and and people saying what they want to do but when you look at sports and being to break it down people come together day in and day out for a common goal and in order to achieve that goal and not allow you know because this person doesn't look like me and doesn't comb their hair like me or doesn't wear uh, my clothes the way I wear it you know there's something wrong with that so there's a lot that we can learn in sports and there's a lot of things that we can take part in sports and, and believe in that. So with that, uh, we'll start wrapping this show up, but uh, just certainly appreciate everybody tuning in. Certainly appreciate the continued support as we continue to just get our thoughts and our minds out. We've had some great uh, interviews. I had a great young man on uh, Sunday afternoon, uh, and that's VJ Bullet. We have a couple live interviews set up on the next couple episodes and definitely be uh, reaching out to some of my former players and having them getting on the show and just really deep dive into this NCAA tournament because I know it's a passion for a couple of my guys. And also, uh, we'll be having Ralph Sampson on uh, not too long. But in the next couple of weeks, uh, we'll be traveling. Actually, next week, we'll be heading out to the Final Four in, in beautiful Arizona. Uh, so we'll be looking forward to that and seeing who we can run into and enjoy our time out there as well. So on behalf of everybody on staff here, with basketball is more than the game. I'm your host, Coach Goins, and always remember, keep God first, keep your feet on the ground, and keep reaching for the stars. So until next time, God bless you.